0: Well, hello, everyone. Uh, for those of you that I've never met, uh, my name is Red Sevilla. I'm the director of New Life CDC. I'm also overseeing missional neighborhood groups here at New Life Fellowship. And then for those of you that I haven't seen in so long, uh, let me just say that I, I miss you all. Uh, I'm not here up front uh, often, and even much um, It's even fewer times that I've been up here now since the pandemic hit, and uh, I miss all of you. Um, Can you imagine that day when we actually come together again uh, and all this social distancing is lifted and uh, we actually begin to hug each other once again? Can you imagine the kind of hug fest there will be? Uh, I look forward to that day. And then, like I mentioned Uh, Just just now, I'm not up front that often, and so um, I just got to give my shout-outs to my family uh, at home, my wife and my kids. Um, Don't finish the food. Uh, If your your home is like my home, there is an all-out war for snacks, Uh, and so I want to see some of those snacks when I get home. And then um, my brothers, uh, my nephews and nieces, and my mom as well, Um, and then Uh, my cousins who may be watching for the first time. So i got to give you guys a a shout out while I have this opportunity. Uh, And then also uh, my friends that I haven't played beach volleyball with in such a long time. (laughs) We will see each other soon. And so um, for today, we've been in a series called uh, Choosing Joy in All Seasons. And the title for this particular installation is Joyful Service, the Anti-Grumbling Vaccine. And so last week we talked about joy and unity. Uh, Today we talk about joyful service. Uh, And in this pandemic we have seen so many selfless acts of service. Uh, We've seen it from frontliners. We've seen it from essential workers. And many of you even have seen it from your Neighbors and friends who simply want to join in and providing some pandemic relief work. And when I think of this, um, it's so encouraging to see all these acts of service. But when I look at the landscape of what's happening right now in this pandemic, there is also much grumbling that I see. And there's also much reason to grumble and complain. Uh, just look at these uh, two photos. It's very easy in this time to be able to complain and grumble about being quarantined. Um, And just like this picture on the right shows, uh, to grumble and complain about getting any ounce of work done. It's easy to grumble and complain about the long lines for food, about my hair being a hot mess, and maybe yours is as well in this very moment. Lots of reasons. And then also these masks, are so uncomfortable. Why do I? Why do I have to choose to inhale my own exhale? Why would I? Why would I do that? Much reason to grumble and complain. And even at home, uh, maybe that person that's even sitting next to you now is not cleaning up after himself or herself. Or maybe your boss is driving you up the wall. Or maybe it's your teacher who's doing that. And maybe you're ready to throw your kids out the window. Um, Not my kids, of course, um, but maybe your kids. And then maybe you're ready to throw your parents out the window. And all these folks are getting on your nerves. And it's actually in the midst of all of this that the words of Paul hit us. Last week it was, be united, even in the midst of suffering. Well, today we hear Paul say, serve one another and do it, without grumbling or complaining. So he's talking about serving your your parents, uh, your children, your neighbor, your friends, especially in this crisis. Serve your fellow New Yorker who is in the midst of suffering. Serve all these folks around you and do it without grumbling and complaining. And so let me just ask, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with that kind of joyful service? If you're like me, it's hard. And Paul says to do that so that I'm actually blameless and pure as I do it. Well, if I were to be honest, I don't, I don't think uh, I can do. I don't think I could do that. And many times, I'd rather actually choose grumbling than choose joyful service. But uh, let me just mention why it's so important right now. This kind of joyful service is so critical and significant right now because of the kind of suffering that the people around us are going through. We're in a crisis. It's a pandemic. We need each other. We need each other. And so the question is, how do I build that in? What do I need to do so I can build in this anti-grumbling vaccine? Well, in the book of Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 2, Philippians 2 shows us how. And so let's just bow our heads. Let me just pray so that we can hear God through his word. And so, Father in heaven, we simply ask you that by your grace, you open up our ears and hearts so that we can hear what you have to say to us today. And God, by your grace, give us the courage to obey what we sense we're hearing from you, even in this moment. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. The main passage that I want to look at today starts in verse 12 uh, of chapter 2. But I do want to read a few verses before that just to set us up with some context. And so chapter 2, starting in verse 3 in Philippians chapter 2, it reads, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Easier said than done. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. And then it continues on. Therefore, dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will, and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And then the last part, it reads, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And so in here is how we build this joyful service into our lives instead of grumbling and complaining and it's for the sake of the people around us and so for our time today we will see that joyful service comes out of us when we go through three things that i'll show you on the screen when we see how jesus served number one and then how we work out which i'll explain in a moment and then when god works in jesus served we work out god works in and so let's just start with that first part about how Jesus served. In chapter 2, in verse 5, it reads, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. And as we know, even to the point of death. And you know what this verse reminds me of? It, yes, it reminds me of the kind of service that I think about and I reflect on when I think of the men and women who gave their lives, especially when we think of them in this Memorial Day weekend. But there is another group of people who makes the service of Christ just more real to me. And it's the service of frontliners, especially those frontliners who have died serving the sick. Do you recall for a moment, remember it it was February, March, uh, when you heard about all these infection rates, Um, And we were very concerned because COVID patients were dying. Do you remember that? February, March. And then it's it's as if our grief actually turned dark when we began to hear that not only patients were dying, but also frontliners were dying as well. Do you remember that? And I, I recall because of all the selfless acts that began to emerge because of these news, we began to rally around all these frontliners. We, we prayed for them. We sent them food. Uh, we sent them encouraging notes. All this work to be able to rally around these frontliners. But do you recall what nobody said? Nobody said these frontliners should stay home because it's too j- dangerous. You notice that? We rallied around them, but nobody said they should stop what they're doing because it's too dangerous. Nobody ever said that. And you know why nobody said that. It's because we need that kind of service. Lord forbid it was you on that hospital bed or your loved one, maybe a child or a parent or a sibling. Lord forbid something happens uh, like that to you. You need that kind of frontliner who will serve laying down his or her health in order to restore yours. That's why nobody said they should stay home because we need that kind of service. And that's why. And so we have this need for the restoration of those physically sick. But it's also true in the spiritual sense. And so let me explain. So just like there's a need for the restoration of those physically sick, there's also this significant need in us for those of us who see it uh, among us uh, we, where there's this need for the restoration of those who are spiritually sick as well. And so, well, what do I mean? Well, we know that coronavirus can kill uh, the body. But there's also a spiritual sickness that can actually kill the soul. And it's a spiritual sickness that produces symptoms. We know that COVID produces symptoms. Well, this spiritual sickness produces symptoms as well. And maybe you'll actually even note some of these symptoms in you. There's the symptoms of grumbling with discontent. Or symptoms that we see of this price gouging for selfish gain. Or it's hoarding uh, while others have none. And it's the kind of sickness that seeks to keep as much money to ourselves instead of sharing with those who are currently suffering. And so when I reflect on my own life, uh, I see those symptoms. And I don't know about you, but I don't need a test kit to be able to show that I have those symptoms coming out of me. And so my question is, do you see these symptoms in your life? As you pause even now and you reflect, do you see these symptoms in you? And so, can it be that we're actually all carriers of this spiritual sickness? You and I might not be COVID positive, but I think if we were to be honest, we would say that we are all sin positive. And so the question is who can save me? Is there a kind of frontliner that can save me from this kind of spiritual sickness? Who can bring me salvation? And so Philippians 2 actually has good news. In Philippians 2, it describes someone who served in a way that brings good news to all. And so Philippians 2 describes Jesus as this great frontliner from God. And seeing what he did has deep implications for this joyful service. So in verse 7, uh, we see how Jesus... Became a servant. It reads, in your relationships with one another, this is Paul writing, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He made himself nothing. How? By taking the very nature of a servant. And so in that process, when Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth, like a medical frontliner that comes to you, Jesus Christ actually came near to us. He came near us. Even to those who are sin positive and without any PPEs at that, he came near. And I know that even now, even as you're watching this, he even comes near to you. How do I know that? Because you're hearing these words right now. Jesus comes near to you. I don't believe it's an accident that you're here in front of the screen hearing these words. It's a fact that Jesus is near and he wants to come even nearer to you. He comes near. But whereas medical frontliners, they treat symptoms, Jesus didn't just treat sin. Sin is too severe for just a treatment. Sin is not like, uh, it's not like a, a scrape on the skin. He didn't just treat sin. He came to take away sin. If you read through um, scripture, you'll see that when Jesus Christ walked the earth, there was this prophet that saw him, and the prophet said, behold, behold the Lamb of God, the Son of God, who takes away the sin of the world. That prophet didn't say, behold the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who treats the sin of the world. No, that's not what he said. He said, who takes the sin of the world. And for those of us, and for those of you who express your need for him, he actually takes that sin and he places in you a heart that is forgiven. Vaccinated, if you will. He places in you a heart that is forgiven. And like any compassionate frontliner, his servanthood shows that you are fully loved by this servant Jesus. You are fully loved and because you are fully loved, you can be fully forgiven. He could take your sin away. And when this truth hits you, it fills us, doesn't it? When this hits you, it fills us like a vaccine would. And this truth hits you, you will begin to naturally choose joy instead of grumbling. Grumbling and complaining. And this is a this truth is actually a significant mark of salvation. It's this recognition of being sin positive but then believing that because you are fully loved by Christ, you could be fully forgiven. That is a significant mark of salvation. And so the question is, recognizing that this salvation is accessible to all, will you let this servant Jesus Christ near will you let him near will you invite him in to your life would you do that and so we'll describe how that happens in a moment but let's go to the second part so uh, just going to the second part how is joyful service built in us we know that it's through believing that jesus served us he served you And then, in response, number two, we work out. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, you could tell, but just by my own frame, I'm not talking about working out exercise. I feel like I haven't done that in months. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about you work out. This is a different kind of working out. And so, just for a moment, what does it mean uh, what, are these, what does it mean, these two phrases, work out your salvation uh, and then fear and trembling? What, what exactly does that, what does that even mean? Well, just for the part about the fear uh, and trembling, let me just briefly describe it. It's not the kind of fear and trembling that you might note in a frightened child in the presence of a violent and abusive father. That's not the kind of fear and trembling that's being talked about here. It's actually the kind of fear and trembling that happens that you experience when you encounter a love that is powerful, all-loving, and holy. It is the kind of fear and trembling that Paul, the writer of this letter, actually experienced when he encountered the love and the power of Jesus Christ. It's that kind of fear and trembling. And so what does it mean um, for fear and trembling? It's simply this reverent awe of God. That's what is this reverent awe of God. And so then, what does it mean um, to work out your salvation? Uh, I just want to use um, these two phrases um, because it's really important um, to recognize what this means uh, working out your salvation, because it's how joyful service gets built into our lives. And so um, just a few things about working out of salvation. First, I mentioned earlier that this mark of salvation is when uh, God moves you from recognizing that you're sin positive to now believing that because you're fully loved, you could be fully forgiven. That's a mark of salvation. And here in this letter, Paul says that this belief, that mark of salvation, that truth, is not meant to be stagnant. And so he says, work out your salvation. He doesn't say, relax in your salvation. He doesn't say, pick up a drink, enjoy your salvation. That's not, that's not what he said. Salvation is not stagnant in that way. He actually says, work out your salvation. It's meant to be worked out. And so that working out of salvation, let me just use two phrases to, to describe it. There's this, um, there's this outer service and then there's this inner work, just like it shows here on the screen. And outer service as part of working out your salvation is, I mean, that's, it's obvious in this scripture. At the beginning of Philippians 1, Paul calls himself a servant. He describes Jesus as a servant. And then he also encourages to serve. And so that's part of the working out of salvation. The second phrase, this inner work, this inner reflection, this inner wrestling, if you will, There's a need to reflect and wrestle with something that's in us that actually ruins joyful service. This inner work is required because there's something in us that needs to be processed, pondered upon, because it can easily poison and destroy joyful service. And outer service is actually destroyed by grumbling just like this grumbling emoji shows. You didn't think an emoji could be so spiritual, but it is. And so this outer service could be easily destroyed by grumbling. So grumbling and complaining are like, they're like knots that form in you. And by the grace of God, this inner work resolves and untie those knots. Maybe you notice that you're not a happy camper, right now because of all that's happening there are grumbling emojis all over your text messages could it be that there's inner work that's needed for you and so this is why paul says if we look at verses three and four he writes do nothing out of selfish ambition so he says do nothing out of selfish ambition that's the outward service that i just mentioned And then he says, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And that's the inner work. And so let me apply this for a moment. What is the area of your own grumbling? In what area do you grumble? If you don't know, ask that person who lives with you they will tell you mighty fast, I would imagine. What is the area of your grumbling? Very significant question, because the area of grumbling and complaining, like this next slide shows, the area of grumbling and complaining may be exactly the area of humbling and serving. The area of grumbling and complaining may be the area of humbling and serving. In other words, that area where you grumble could actually serve as this doorway, as this bridge toward joyful service. Could it be? Let me give a little example and a larger example of how this is playing out in my life. Little example and then a big example. So little example. So sometimes in the morning, I'm the one preparing breakfast. I get up, I'm the one cooking the eggs, I um, toast the bread, and then now I want to put butter on this bread. I go into the fridge, and I notice that the butter is not in the place where we agreed to leave it. Somebody say amen. And I, I begin to wonder, why don't you just put it back where you took it, just put it back. Grumbling emoji, you see that? There you go, a larger example. Um, If you've been part of new life for the past several years, um, I know I love it when Rich talks about the expansion of new life and he's always been talking about the multiplication of new life. Um, and most recently, there's been talk about um, what it means to be able to launch a new uh, community in, in Long Island. Um, much cause for excitement and celebration. Um, something that's being talked about uh, over the past few months, quite recent. And as a Queens boy, I still can celebrate that. Um, that's, that's awesome. That's great. Um, even though I'm a Queens boy and it might be happening in some place as far as uh, Nassau, at least far for for me. Now, um, recently, guess who Rich and Jackie asked to lead this effort? Me. And so I was thinking, what does a Queens boy know about Long Island? Why? Grumbling emoji. So clearly, there was a working out of Salvation that was needed. There was this outer service that was being called uh, of me. But because I wasn't a happy camper, inner work was clearly needed. And so, for you again, let me ask what is the area of your grumbling? Because it could be a place of significant transformation for you. Is it at home? Is it at work? Is it maybe in a specific relationship? And why does your face resemble this grumbling emoji so many times? What is that area for you? Because it warrants that inner work. And at Lulife, I'm um, I'm so proud to just mention the different offerings and uh, classes for Emotionally Healthy Discipleship that allows you to process this, especially those of you who know that it's actually not just this grumbling about butter. Um, it's actually this chronic kind of grumbling that you notice in you that just poison any glimpse of joyful service. And so EHD, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, is powerful for that. And, and also maybe for you, it's time for this exploration of your family of origin. Um, maybe, maybe in your family... Grumbling and arguing, complaining was actually as natural and normal as breathing. Was that your family growing up? Or maybe in your family, uh, no one was allowed to make any objections. And then now it festers inside of you in the form of grumbling. Could those be your areas of grumbling where inner work is clearly evident and the working out of salvation is needed and so here at this part is where the service of christ can actually be applied to that area of grumbling it could be powerfully applied because if jesus christ can take away sin he could take away your grumbling as well if he was powerful enough to take away sin he could take away your grumbling as well. He has the power to be able to do this. And this is what happened with Paul. Paul writes this letter to the Philippians in a prison, a fantastic place for grumbling. And yet what happens? His place of grumbling actually became this place of joyful service. And how did it it work out? His outer service played out by praying for the Philippian church by writing this encouraging letter to them. And he actually even served the prison guard, if you read through those chapters. And then he did inner work by having the mindset of Christ and how he valued others above himself. Clearly, he went to jail for others. Clearly, he valued others above himself. In other words, he was working out his salvation even in prison, even while quarantined, even while isolated, the same can happen to you. That you might experience the power of Jesus Christ in taking away sin and taking away any hint of grumbling in you as you work out your salvation. And so the question is, do you believe this? Do you believe that the servant Christ can do this? And so some might say, Red, I don't care what you say, it's still hard. I'm not sure I can do this. If that's you, the third part is actually good news, and it starts in verse 13, where we see how God works, number three on that screen, how it says it is God who works in you to will and to act, to act and to will in order to fulfill his good purpose. You know what this means? It means when you ask the question, how is this joyful service built in me? This talks about how God does it. He is the one who works in you to act and to will in order for him to fulfill his good purposes. This is remarkable and powerful even because because religion will guilt you into serving, won't it? will guilt you into serving or even condemn you into serving. And self-help books might try to motivate you to joyfully serving. But the Bible says it is God who does it. God does it. It is God who works in you to act and to will to fulfill his good and perfect purposes. It is God in other words, it's God's, God's plans manifest through humanity's hands. That is remarkable. God's plans work through your hands. And it is God who gives you the ability and the desire to do joyful service. God does it. You might be on lockdown. God still does it. You might be quarantined. God still does it. Your heart might be a heart that grumbles. God still does it. He initiates it. He is the one that works in you to act and to will according to his good purposes. And then if you read through Philippians chapter 1, it actually gets even better. Because in Philippians chapter 1, it says, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in Christ Jesus. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until you resemble Christ Jesus. That means he not only does it, not only does he initiate it, he does it and he completes it. He is faithful in doing it and completing it. That means you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there is no such thing as your joyful service being half-baked. There is no follower of Christ that is half-cooked. Absolutely not. He does it, he initiates it, and he completes it. And the question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? May the grace of God, even coming now, May he prompt you. May he change you. May, he, may you see the nearness of this person of Christ Jesus that compels you to say, I believe. And so let me just tie this talk together again um, just using that example of um, this potential congregation in Long Island. And so let me just try to tie these three parts together using that. And so again, um, I was told that I was uh, going to be the one leading it. Um, and at, at the beginning, I simply just actually wanted to suck it up. A good employee that I am. I just wanted to be able to suck it up and doing, do it. But then I just noticed these, these grumblings in me. This series of grumbling emojis on all my texts. That's, that's what I noticed. I said, I'm a Queens boy. What am I... What am I what do i know what do i know about on nassau and then it was actually in my meeting with my coach and and my counselor who said red you you better process this because if you start this without processing it you will do and perform any shortcut that you can to get out of this assignment as soon as possible and you know what I heard from him? He didn't say these words, but I heard God speaking through him saying, Red, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And so I had to, I had to humble myself and recognize that there was this um, grumbling. And I thank God for the context of new life because I was able to uh, go through that uh, inner work before performing outer service. And in that in that place, I, I recognized that again that uh, that mark of salvation in me, recognizing that I am sin positive, but believing that because I'm fully loved, I could be fully forgiven, and that again that salvation, that truth, is not meant to be stagnant. It's not. It's meant to be worked out, because that grumbling was killing the joyful service, in that context, and it it began to reveal that actually the area of my grumbling was actually meant to be the place for joyful, transformative service. And God led me to this uh, inner work. I was actually reminded of these local teachers in IS-5 that I so admire, many of whom live in Long Island. And my admiration for them recently has even um, increased because of the work that they're assisting us with in providing uh, pandemic relief work. And so my admiration for them uh, has been increasing as I call them to mind when I think about Long Island. And then I think of my, my, my family members who are out there and also my friends from New Life, these fantastic leaders that I'd love to, I'd love to be able to share this work with. And then so you know what I noticed? I noticed this delight began to rise up in me and I began to see that God, it was God that was working in me to act and to will in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, just don't ask me about the butter because I'm still a work in progress when it comes to that. Just don't ask me about it. So let me just transition to the, to the end here. Um, before I pray, how what might be what might be your first step in believing and receiving this Jesus who served us? What might be your first immediate step? And let me just offer this: in a medical setting, um, when you sit on that exam bench. Uh, you place yourself in the hands of the doctor. And I want to say that when you, uh, when you have this conversation with Jesus Christ, it's like sitting on that bench. It's like offering yourself to him. And this is a picture of uh, our health center. Uh, that's Mike, one of our board members. Um, and you guys know this bench. Uh, it's a very uh, confusing bench, actually, for me. It's not really a chair because it's too high to be a chair. You ever notice that? Like you need a step stool for it. What kind of chair is that? I mean, the, the one on the left, that's a chair. And then it's not really a table because you have to sit on it. Like who sits on the table? And then it's not, really, it's not really a recliner because it doesn't relax you. If anything, it just stresses you out. And then it's got this like white paper on it do I sit on that thing? Like why? I don't typically sit on white paper. And then you're thinking, what if I rip it like with my tush? Like it's just not comfortable. And yet despite the discomfort, because I recognize that not everything might be right with me physically, I get on that bench. Prayer is like that. This conversation with Jesus is like that. You might not have ever done it. And it might bring great discomfort in you having this conversation with this great frontliner from heaven, Jesus. But when you recognize that there, there might be something spiritually that's just not right, I invite you, get on that bench. In other words, enter into prayer. And you're even free to do that with me now. Let's pray, and after we pray, we'll have Rich come back up. Father, thank you for how you speak through your word. We thank you how, though we might recognize we're sin positive, you didn't stay away, Lord. You came near, and you served us, taking the form of a servant, you came near demonstrating that we are fully loved and can be fully forgiven and so even now Christ we receive you we receive you recognizing that it's you who causes us to act and to will in order to fulfill your good purposes we receive you even now Prompt us to joyful service. In Christ's name we pray and everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you, everyone.
1: Amen. Well, thank you, Red, for blessing us with a wonderful and very important word today. And in the society that we're living in right now, there is a lot of cause for grumbling. And so where are you grumbling today? And I want to tell you that um, your grumbling will be the cause of your stumbling. That's the truth. Your grumbling will be the cause of your stumbling. If you're going to have a shaky relationship with God, uh, we will grumble our way to stumbling. And so it's important to note, as Red mentioned, that uh, this notion of grumbling is not just a momentary thing. It's something that we carry. It's a carrying it. And there's a difference between grumbling and lament. You know, lament is when we, we carry our complaint to God in such a way that opens us up to God and opens us up to our neighbor. And then there's grumbling. It's a way of us carrying our own complaint in such a way that closes us off to God and closes us off to our neighbor. That's the difference between lamenting or complaining in, in a way that opens us up and grumbling in a way that closes us off. And so today, we are invited to open ourselves up to God. And I love that Red brought that up about what Paul said, that God is already working in us. And so here's the question. I, as I was listening to Red preach, I'm wondering, if God is working in us, how is it possible that we are still grumbling? If God is working in us, How is it that we are still grumbling? And what I thought was this, that God works in us and God is always working in us. But God waits for us to yield in such a way to his will, to his way, when that actually begins to be worked out in our lives. We can't do it in our own strength. It's only in God's strength. And God waits until, even though he's working in us, for us to yield to his spirit. And so today, are you yielding to God? Are you opening yourself up to God so that God can work in you and through you and we can work out our salvation with fear and trembling? As we close today, I imagine some of you, you're carrying some lots of complaints. And if you're anything like me, this past week, I've been complaining here and there. And yet God wants to open me up to see what God is doing in my own life, in the life of our congregation, and really in the world as well. And I want to be the kind of person who opens myself up to God's spirit and God's power for this moment. And may we be the same. As we close, I want to remind you that we have our a virtual lobby. Our pastors will be waiting just to connect with you. There's a link on our website as well as on our Facebook. And so click that link there if you want to connect with one of our pastors. We also have a virtual prayer room. And so if you've been stumbling and grumbling this week and you need someone to pray for you, you just realize you want to carry that grumbling or complaint to God and you need someone to help you with that, we have folks who would love to pray for you. So click on that link on our website. Click on that link on our Facebook page. We would love to support you wherever you're at uh, on your journey. And for those of you who've never said yes to Jesus Christ, let us know as well. Uh, we love to pray for you and see that God uh, breathe life into you this particular moment you find yourself in. As we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. And with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this online worship experience in the power of the Holy Spirit with joyful service in your heart, expressing that to the world around you. And may you do all things without grumbling or complaining. May joy flow through you. May you receive the joy of the Lord. And may those around you Be touched by the joy that God has put in you as well. I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the joyful name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Grace and peace to you all. Hope to see you online sometime this week and next Sunday as well. Blessings.